This is a special episode where we are talking about horror movies. So, during our Halloween month, me and Jared were loving the horror movies. Yort was suffering, and we realized me and Jared just love horror movies. We just need to have a separate episode here. So, we made a deal where we would come up with a, a combination of like our five best slash favorite, just kind of like mix that list together, um, horror movies, and we would discuss them. So I have five, Jared is five. Jared, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Uh, I know we planned on doing this episode actually in the month of October, but as our listeners know, hopefully this isn't the first episode they listened to. Um, I suffered an injury earlier uh, in October, so it kind of took us off for about a week, and then scheduling was pretty hard after there because it was hard for me to talk <laughs> due to said injury. Fair but, enough. Uh, I am like this is probably one one of my favorite episodes we're gonna do because I just get to talk about horror movies for X amount of time. And I don't know what this might drop probably y'all if you don't know we're recording this on like November seventh, but this might drop after the holidays, you know, just to kind of give us all a break and be with our families and we can just drop this episode in there. So I'm assuming that's when it's gonna show up, but when you're listening to it. We just hope you enjoy it. All right. So let's start at number five. You're number five, Jared. No. Well, first of all, when you made the list, was it, are you making your, your favorite or is it a mix or is it like the best or is it five movies people need to see? What is it? Or is it just a mixture? Uh, this, I, I, it was tough for me. It was tough. So I do have uh, two honorable mentions, which I'll start out with. But making this list was pretty tough. Uh, so I ended up settling on what I think are my favorites. Mm. And there's, I mean, as we talked before we went live, there's one movie that we're going to hit that's on my list, but not on yours, that is unabashed, probably the greatest horror film ever created, um, objectively speaking. Um, probably the most iconic, if anything. Yeah, if anything else, definitely yeah. the most iconic. Um, so that's on my list, but I think I just settled on my favorites. So, what about you? Well, mine's a list. I, I want to. I want to clarify. This is not a list in order. It's just five movies um, that I'm. Th- I can't possibly rank them. That would take too much time. Um, so it's just five movies that either it's a mixture of movies I love that I grew up with. Are movies that I think everyone needs to see. A mixture of also like some of the best horror movies. It's just I just kind of threw everything together. And there's some movies that definitely aren't a top five horror movie, but I just think they scared the shit out of me growing up, and it needs to be talked about. So that's kind of where I'm. Oh at. yeah. So um, definitely some of mine are like mine are ones you need to watch um, if you are just coming into like horror films into the genre. Or, I mean, obviously, there are a couple in there. It doesn't, like, it transcends the horror genre. It's just a good-ass movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'll start out with my honorable mention. So, my number one honorable mention <laughs> is What We Do in the Shadows. So, this is what I was saying. It's a Taika Waititi, like, comedy, but it's, like, horror-themed. Yeah. Because it's about a bunch of vampires and werewolves that live in New Zealand. So, it's not necessarily a horror movie. I'm not going to scare you. Um, it's not here to scare you. It's not here to incite terror or fear. It's just horror theme comedy, and it's just fucking hilarious. 
My wife um, watches the show, and she's never seen oh, the yeah. movie, but she is in love with the show. So if you like the show, I'm t- the movie's even better. And so Taika Waititi does it with Jermaine Clement. So um, I don't know if uh, our listeners have ever watched the show Flight of the Concords, mm-hmm. but Jermaine Clement was on that show, and he was hilarious. So he's in there with, uh, of course, Taika. And it's just an all-around hilarious show. Very qu- or very hilarious movie. Very quotable. Then it spawned a show that he produces on FX, and it's just a <laughs> fantastic show as well. Is that show connected to the movie, or is it like just an American remake of the like its own thing? Uh, no, they're like uh, he still makes the movie. It's still based on like all the themes, but they're just the characters don't really overlap. But okay, everything else overlaps. Okay, which other um, article? This one is when you were talking about scare the shit out of me when I was a kid. This was the scariest movie to me when I was a child. It is The Ring. Yes. We, we talked about this. It, it's it's a great movie, but like it's so aged because of the VHS thing and the blockbuster, the cell phones, but it's still so fucking good. It scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. And like I said, I know we talked about it on one of our last pods that we did. Uh, I rewatched it very recently, and it was just man, I love it. I love it. I love it. It scares it. It doesn't scare me anymore. It doesn't have the same panache that it once had before. But it just the whole nostalgia. Oh, it is just like really makes me. The happy. image of the girl climbing out of the well will always haunt me. Like that in the grudge, yeah. something about the phone that. Uh, that oh, noise, yes. like I can't. If someone called me right now, and I heard <laughs> that noise, like I'm staying in a motel, like I'm moving. <laughs> it's like, hey, no, no, no! I'm trying to figure out where the person is because I'm gonna go whip their ass. Like, don't do. Why would you do that? The spirit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? No, but uh, yeah, like I said, I love that movie. But when I get into the first one in my uh, top five, hold on, hold on. Can I, I do an honorable go... mention real oh. quick? Oh, go ahead. It's not on my list, but and we, we've done a we've done a podcast over. I think it's one of the great modern horror movies as far as like the last twenty years, and it still holds up. And it's The Descent. We watched it on this on this podcast, and that's just a great movie that everyone needs to watch. It really builds up terror inside of you and kind of puts you in in the shoes of these these cave divers and it's it's just a good movie. So that's an honorable venture for me. So Oh yeah, I, I love how that movie makes you feel like very claustrophobic, like in the cave with them. It airs off that feeling because of the way that they do the lighting. The lighting in that movie only surrounds like the individual. So mm-hmm. like when you're in a cave I'm not going to be able to see around you. I'm only going to be able to see like just the like the front side of you. And so all the lighting in that movie did that. So it made you sort of like feel you're in the cave with them. So yeah, no, I really like that. And I would say my last honorable mention aren't movies, but they're genuinely the best horror stuff to come out in a very, very long time. And it's Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. It's a mini yes. series. Yes. It, it'll scare the shit out of you and make you cry for happiness and sadness all at once. It's just a beautiful story. And then his newer, his newest Midnight Mass on Netflix as well, which is, it deals with 
religion and how it can turn into cult-like behavior. And there's also this, I don't want to ruin it, but there's something supernatural present in it. It's genuinely a terrifying slash engaging story with maybe a little bit too many monologues, but it's still a really, really well, like he, what's the guy's name? I can't think of his name, but he, his stuff is just so well made. It's hard not to appreciate it. So I, I, I recommend that for everyone. All right. Number five for Jared. So I'm going to go with The Conjuring. Um, when I did my 31 Nights of Terror this past year, I put the con. I watched Conjuring 1 and 2 on there. And uh, Conjuring 3 came out earlier this year as well, so I watched that one. But the first one, just keep going back to it. The first one is just a good movie. Um, especially, I think, if you're, I feel like if you're getting into the horror genre and like, oh, no, throw some good horror movies at me, I want to specifically watch these types of films i think the conjuring is a really good one to watch it really builds that tension and horror and i was going through and i was reading some of the reviews before it and even the uh ratings board made this movie rated r Mm. the conjuring was rated r this is why the ratings board specifically said this movie would be too scary for general audiences (laughs) And that's all they said. They were like, we have no basis off of, we feel it's too scary. So, like, how, like, what kind of rating system is that? Ah, no, we think it's too scary. So, we got to make it rated R. Rated S for shit your pants. (laughs) So, they can't go watch it. So, no, it's a really good horror film. And it doesn't have, like, those cheap jump scares. No, it burns everything. Just tells a really good supernatural story. It's based off of Ed and Lorraine Warren. And they're haunting this, or they're they're investigating this haunting in like Connecticut or New England somewhere, and it's just a really great film. So let's go back and forth real quick. So you did your five. I'm gonna do number five for me. And guess what? It's The Conjuring, one yeah. and two. I combined both. Of yeah. Them. One and two. Okay, that's fine. Because for everything you said, but let's let's be real. These movies were events when they came out. It just in the same way when The Hangover came out, and it just captured America like. You've got to see this movie. Like, in kind of reinvigorated comedies, this movie reinvigorated a whole new, like, horror movie craze. And when it came out, people were just saying, you've got to go see The Conjuring. And I did. And it was genuinely scary. And I just remember one thing I love about these movies, and I'm going to talk about a scene from the second movie. All this scary shit is happening. And, you know, and, like, it's one of those times where they call the police and in any other movie, the police would come over, they'd find nothing and just tell them, you know what, maybe it's from the move or, you know, something's going on, but you know, you're, you're kind of going crazy. And it's, uh, most movies would have you have the main character think, or no one would believe the main character. What's funny about this, the cops come out and they go, holy shit, we don't, we are underqualified for this. There, there's something going on. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, thank God they didn't go down that old cliche trope. And it was, it's just, James Wan, I'm not a real big fan of his movies that aren't horror. I thought Aquaman was the most ridiculous movie I've ever seen in my life. But hey, hey, yeah, I thought I thought he okay, well, not to yeah, get we, diverted. We get I thought he did later. the best horseman that movie's shit. But no, Anyway, um, <laughs> um, no, like, and you mentioned the exact part that I was going to talk about when you brought up Conjuring 2. I was like, I love when 
they went completely left field because always the cops show up and it's like, ah, nothing's happening here. Mm-hmm. But then when a cop their chair moves and they're like, uh, what's going mm-hmm. on? The chair moves again and then everyone shifts their pants and the cops are out of the door. <laughs> they're like, we can't help you. Um, <laughs> but the, the directing, like you, it's one of those horror movies where you feel like there's actually like a real director behind the camera. It's just that scene uh, specifically with the nun walking around the room like through the paintings and stuff oh yeah it's just terrifying shit like oh my god and it spun its own universe you know ups and downs but conjuring one and two are must-see movies if you like horror movies like the perfect date night movies too all right uh what's your number four uh number four i went with the iconic the glorious one of the greatest horror films ever made. Uh-oh. Halloween. The original Halloween. It's great. We could we gotta be careful here because we could spend the next forty five minutes talking about this movie. <laughs> we have to be careful and like, I can literally break it down scene from scene from memory, so <laughs> I think I saw it when I was ten and I was like, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> Just peering out my window every five minutes. <laughs> Like the okay, so I'll say I'll say some quick bits about it. Number one, fucking fantastic. Number two, fucking fantastic. Number three, fucking incredible. All right, I'm done. I mean, it spawned Jason Voorhees. It spawned all these other slasher movies. Um, the opening scene through the eyes of um Michael, you know, he, as a kid, yeah, stabbing his babysitter. I think I don't know, but just never been done before like that. It was just. It's just a great movie. Um, I have a feeling it's going to end up being on this podcast soon, so we'll just we'll save our we'll save our talk for it later because we I'm, I think that might be like an emergency podcast. We just can't hold back anymore. We're like we got to watch Halloween. Let's talk about it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put Evil Dead on here. It doesn't matter. Evil Dead one or two doesn't matter. Um, but I want to say Evil Dead one here because it's. This, not only is the movie just ridiculously fun and gory and really scary at times, it's it was made for such a low budget and it was just it was just Sam Raimi just like I have I got to make this movie and I, I have no money but I, my buddy has a cabin in the woods we can go film at and it became an all time classic and what he's able to do with no money and the story behind the movie is just as interesting. I love that movie. It's a guilty pleasure, but I don't feel guilty about it. It's weird. Um, any thoughts? I I love Evil Dead too. I know when I originally told you, I was like, I felt like Evil Dead too rushed it. Uh, they rushed like the first act because I really love the slow build of the first Evil Dead, mm-hmm. but the second Evil Dead kind of like rushed it into where the uh, the deadites appeared. But just the second movie was just. When everything in that house started like laughing at him, and then mm-hmm. you see Ash or like Bruce Campbell like just dive down a path of insanity, and everything is laughing, and I'm just like, this is so ridiculous. And then uh, his girlfriend's like like mother's or somebody's mother in the basement would always pop up and say, "I'll suck your soul, I'll suck your soul, ha ha ha, I'll suck your soul," and I'm just like hearing it in her voice every time I think about it. It's just so dumb it's so funny this movie was just the perfect amount of stupid the perfect amount of good and then like shout out sam raimi like 
obviously made one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Spider-Man 2. I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I loved it. I loved it. What a great movie. I want to talk about the first one real quick, though. Just, I love the, it's weird to say I love the story of Evil Dead, but just these guys at the, at the shack or whatever, or at the cabin, and they go, they find this trap door that leads to, like, the basement of it. And there's these recordings of this guy who's like he found this this book of the dead and he's and it, it's just it sets it all up so so well and then they find the book of the dead and they open it and just bad shit happens. It's just a really creepy, almost believable story. All right, Jared, what's your what's your number three? Uh, so number three, I went with the invitation. So this was. On our very first, our, our episode zero, <laughs> this is one of the movies I mentioned that is a slow burn horror movie. So it was released in 2015. It is on Netflix, so you guys can watch it. Um, it has Logan Ma- Logan Marshall Green, looks like an off-brand hit, uh, Tom Hardy. But it's a fantastic <laughs> it movie because... It's one of those movies where he pops up at like a party, then he senses something weird about the party, but like everyone's in on it, on what's weird except for him. So he feels like the outsider. He's like, guys, I know there's something going on that you're telling me. So it's essentially like, hey, um, my friend just invited me to this party, to this potluck party. Cool, let me go to this potluck party. Then it turns out the potluck party is actually a front for a mid-level management scheme. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's as relatable as you can think about it with this movie. Like you get to your friend's house, you're having a good time. And then it's like, oh, well, let me tell you about this new business venture I have. Except for in this movie's case, there is no business venture, mid-level management. It's a cult. Well, it's kind of like the same thing um, as mid-level management. But <laughs> you just spoiled it, man. It's a suicide cult. I'm sorry. I am spoiling it. It's a suicide cult. But. You guys need to watch it because even though I just spoiled it, you'll see it coming anyways. But just yeah. feeling that intensity of the movie is great. I'll say if you're, I mean, if you it has, if you're a fan of Ari Aster movies, it fits very well with that kind of vibe. I got the same kind of feeling when I watched it. I was like, oh, this feels like an like uh, what's that one? <clears throat> the the first Ari Aster movie we watched. Hereditary. Hereditary. It felt like Hereditary, just not as good as Hereditary, but not too far off. Like it's still a really great movie. Uh, I, I'm with you there. My number three. Okay, number three here. Ooh. Okay. Um, I'll just go ahead and say Rosemary's Baby. I know it's oh it's yes difficult to recommend this movie based on its director, which we're not going to get into, but we're going to recommend oh, no. it anyway. Um. <laughs> Directed by Redacted. <laughs> exactly. Just watch the movie. Don't worry about who directed it. It's a good movie, and it's it's one of those classic seventies horror movies. Um, slow burn. You're starting to put together the pieces, and then when it happens, it fucking delivers at the end. Um, it's like, yep, everything I thought was going to happen is happening, and I hate it. This is terrible, but in a good way. You just watch it for the first yeah. time, huh? And so, oh no, that was the second time I just watched it. Um, but no, the, another thing that I was going to talk about is like, it's another one of those slow burn horror movies. There's a lot of dialogue up front and you're just like, everyone's talking. There's like nothing happening. But then you start seeing it drip. Like, it's like a drip, 
drip, mm-hmm. drip, drip. Oh, it's getting faster, faster. And then it's like a geyser of water. And it's just like, for because like the first 15 minutes, they're like, what the hell is going on? There's too much talking. They're moving in. Crazy old people. Like, what? what's happening? And then you just start to realize like, huh. Okay, I'm connecting a lot of dots now. Yeah. And I just, I just love that. It, dude, anything dealing with demons or the devil is too real for me. And so it does scare me, you know, more than like, I don't know, vampires or shit. Like, I don't know, something about that just feels more tangible. All right, man, what's your number two? Number two for me, Paranormal Activity, the first movie. Oh, yeah. I was going to be on my... Uh, Honorable mentions. I'm glad you. So we talked about horror films that launched a craze of like spinoffs. Was a cultural force. Uh, Parallel Advertising was that movie back in hold on 2007. So when this movie first came out, it debuted at South by Southwest. Everybody at South by Southwest was fucking terrified because, I mean, like people in Austin made the movie like every, like, so South by Southwest is in Austin. People from Austin made the movie. Everybody's like, holy shit. Like, this is like, this feels like the real thing. And then, you know, it made the whole like, you know, tour of just different like film shows or film festivals. And then studio picked it up and the studio changed the ending. And then because they wanted to like, Oh no, this, this has potential to be a full on series. Clearly, there are seven movies in the series now. Um, but, like, the first movie itself, like, not only spawned an entire franchise, but also spawned so many different spinoffs. And, like, they made... There was so much found footage horror movie that oh, yeah. was launched right after this. So, essentially, found footage horror, like, everyone thought it was like a flash in the pain with Blair Witch Project. But then Paranormal Activity came back and did it even better. And everybody was like, holy shit, this is a new medium to tell, like, film to tell story um with found footage and now found footage won't die but very few films out there will even sniff the same air that the original paranormal activity did i'll say man the first three i'll stand by especially the first two um man but there's a scene in the first one that you know obviously when the toby is pulling the baby from the crib that shit gets me but there's a scene where they put powder on the floor and they wake up and there's those prints of like something not human that had been walking and it's like yep. okay this shit is too real for me <laughs> that that that's the scene that sold the movie for me man yeah that was you're right that started i mean for better or worse the found footage craze because there's some great found footage movies and there's some that are just you, you're <laughs> just trying to cash grab in um all right, all right. number two <sighs> okay i'm gonna go have we talked about everything already? No. Okay. Um, the Shining. The Shining's just a great classic horror movie. It's another slow burn movie, but goddamn, do I love this movie so much? The isolation of the the hotel, the slow dissolve into madness. Um, it's just a great movie, man. Um, especially the ending. I mean, I feel like I'm spoiling it now, but it's been out for over thirty years. Um, when it zooms in on the photograph at the end, and you see Jack. In the photo, it's like real, like, oh, shit. I don't know what's happening here. Um, there's so many mysteries. Yeah. There's a whole documentary about this movie and, like, secrets going on. And it's it's a great movie. Jared, you recommend this movie? 
I do. I do recommend it. Oh. It is not in my personal Hall of Fame, though. That's fine. Have you ever seen the no, no, series? No, no, I know everyone used to watch it. Everyone used to watch it. I am on. Uh, I like Stanley Kubrick. I don't like. I mean, I have not seen a Stanley Kubrick movie that I've enjoyed like thoroughly. Mm-hmm. But I like it's a it's a well made movie. But I just like. And then at the same time, like Jack's descent into madness. But realistically, when the book was written. It's supposed to be that the hotel makes Jack descent into madness. Yeah, yeah. So, and so yeah, I'm with you. I'll go ahead. Stephen King was upset with this movie. He was like, the second he saw Jack Nicholson, he was like, that guy's already crazy. You know? So, like... Yeah. But as as a standalone movie, it's still really good. I would recommend the miniseries. It's also really great. You get more of a slow descent into madness, and it's really good. And the sequel, Dr. Sleep, which came out, like, a couple of years ago... Is so fantastic. In the last 30 minutes of that movie, if you've seen The Shining, it's so rewarding. It's so good. Um, and it actually helps you understand what The Shining is better than the movie The Shining. Um, it really does do a better job explaining it, and it's, it's really good. Have you seen Have you seen that movie, Dr. Sleep? Not Dr. Sleep. Not yet. Not yet. Oh, I my have, God. You need I've to. been wanting to watch it and not wanting to watch it because I just... Don't run a, want to revisit the Shining. It's but I you don't. watch the Shining first, and then watch the Shining again, then watch Doctor Sleep. But it's like I'm just having a hard time watching the Shining again. Um, you'll be blown away by the the filmmaking behind Doctor Sleep. It's it's incredible. You would love it, Jared. What's your number one? I think you know. Think all of our listeners know we have done a podcast over this movie. This is one of my top five favorite movies of all time. One of the top horror movies, and it transcends genre. It is called Hereditary. I didn't realize how deep your love went for this movie, dude. It's a good fucking movie. Really good, yeah. I'm with you. It's a great movie. And then at the end of the day, it happens to be a horror movie, a horror film. And I'm just like, like, I'm never going to forget the first time I watched this movie in theaters, the very first time. And just my thoughts and my feelings as I like watching what's happening before my eyes. And I don't even know, like when the husband caught fire in the living room, I'm just like stunned. I'm just like, is this what I'm? watching like i'm just struck i can't stop watching i can't turn away and it's mm. just like i feel like i'm in this universe i feel like i'm in this movie and i'm like so drawn to it those naked men show up out of nowhere yeah it, it, everything about off. this movie everything about this movie i'm just like what is happening right now am i taking crazy pills and it's just like for a film to like inch- like that's what I love about movies. That's what I love about film. That's why I watch all of the stuff is because what draws you in, what sucks you in, what do you feel like a part of? What feels so comforting? So like my favorite movie is No Country for Old Men. Every time I turn on that movie and I see Javier Bardem's fucking Karen haircut, I'm just <laughs> like, this is home. I feel at home. I feel at peace. Every time I watch Infinity War and Thanos shows up for the first time, 
or like and he pops up with a giant ass chin mm-hmm. and he like launches Thor across the spaceship. I'm like, this is perfect. When I'm watching Scott Pilgrim versus the world, and then when I see him see Ramona Flowers for the first time, I'm like, hell yeah, Ramona Flowers. Just like when I see my favorite movies and the iconic scenes, I'm just it's in love. Thing. It's your comfort movie. It's one of your comfort movies, which is weird. And but when I is. watch her, and I mean, for this movie, yeah, kind of weird because there's so much existentialism that goes on throughout it, but it just feels perfect mm-hmm. to me um i thought about this recently too with this is unrelated but i rewatched all of battlestar galactica recently and it was just like when it ended i felt depressed i felt like i was leaving home behind like the whole shit battlestar galactica was a home to me you know and these characters like yep. you get to know them so well and it it, it, it i do get that comfort like, I, I could put on a random episode and i don't care what it's about i just like being on that ship with those people it is comforting so i, I get what you're talking about um, well, your movie is way better than what I'm about to say. However, this movie needs to be seen. It's absolutely terrifying. It's, um, Event Horizon from the 90s. Oh, yes. This yes. movie it's holy fucked shit. me up as a kid. What a movie. What a weird-ass movie. Oh, so good, but what a weird-ass movie. It's like, okay, so this... In the future, this the spaceship like disappeared and stopped sending signals, and then it randomly sent signals again after like seven or so years ago had passed. And so this new ship is headed out there to find out what happened, and it apparently went through this this wormhole that took it to some hell dimension and brought it back, and hell came with it. And it it the imagery in this movie. Will stay with you. I'll just say that, man. This movie, it just fucked you up. I don't know what to say about it, man. It's it's messed up. It's and got some great performances you, and great actors in it too. Let me tell you my first, like the first time I watched this movie, I didn't know, like everyone was like, "Oh, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. You should watch it. You should watch it." But no one ever like prefaced what this movie was really about, and so I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't watch anything. It was probably about like five or six years ago. I was just like, no, it's on Netflix. I'll watch it. So I was watching it and I was like, oh, sci-fi movie. Awesome. Yeah, right. Like aliens. <laughs> 30 minutes in. Woo, buddy. Woo, buddy. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. But woo, buddy. I mean, there's people Once who it starts are, going, it's going. Skinned alive. There's... It, I don't know, but it's got Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Jason Isaacs. It's It's got some people like, It's here, got man. a great cast. Like, Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill by themselves are great. And it's made by the guy who ruined the Resident Evil franchise. So, Paul W.S. Anderson, who's a terrible filmmaker, but I guess he had one great film in him, and this is it. Um... Yeah, I could see how they would let you ruin a franchise if Event Horizon was your first film. Yeah. yeah. Well, he did Mortal Kombat <laughs> next, which I, I stand by that movie, too. The original Mortal Kombat? Yeah, he did the original Mortal Kombat. Oh, hell yeah. He's, that movie sucked so much ass, it was amazing. Two for two. <laughs> no, that movie kicked so much ass. <laughs> All right, man. I, uh, this was fun. I feel like we rushed through it, too, but I feel like we could have done this for another hour and a half. Oh no, we really could have. Um, 
like I said, if you want to revisit Hereditary, we already have a pod over it. Full on pod. We're actually going to do a pod over Halloween now. We have to. And apparently we got to do Conjuring since it was on both of our lists. It really so is you'll pick- the greatest. The, the first two are the two greatest modern horror movies in the last 30 years, I think. More than Saul. More than, I don't know. Most iconic. Like it's the like if we take Conjuring one, two, and three by themselves as standalone movies. Like obviously it spawned off a universe, but if we take the Conjuring part of those universes one, two, and three, I would say it's probably the best horror franchise in the past. Like since Scream, since Scream, I would say. Um, But yeah, no. So next time we do franchises, I think I might pick the Conjuring. So I don't want to go too much in depth on that because. You'll hear about it. We'll watch all three. So I don't even um, remember three. I don't. I think I watched it, but I don't. We'll get to it later. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and stop recording. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs>